0: Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion and privilege to provide you with tips and tools to make your journey easier. Things I've found along the way, things that worked and things that didn't work. Thanks for joining us today. Our topic today is dealing with whining, complaining, grumbling, or griping. Don't you just hate being around people who are Constantly fussing about everything under the Sun. I find myself wanting to run the other way and get away from them You know as a young Christian. I was given a copy of the little paperback Living Proverbs. It was from the Living Bible. It was very in back then Um, And I began reading the daily proverb of the day if it was like the 15th day of the month I'd read the 15th proverb And it was the 15th of a month. I was reading the proverb, and I would ask God to show me a verse in that proverb that I could write on an index card, hang on my fridge, memorize that day, and apply to my life. And the verse that he gave me that day was Proverbs 15, 4. Gentle words cause life and health, but griping brings discouragement. And wow, you know, as I began to contemplate on that verse, I asked God to help me live it. And I began to realize that when I complained, it not only discouraged me, but it discouraged Rick, it discouraged everybody around me. And I remember making a conscious decision, asking God to help me to choose cheerfulness. Cheerfulness is the opposite of complaining. You know, not only do I not like being around a grumpy person, but I don't like myself when I'm grumpy. And I can't say I'm never grumpy. I just did my taxes this week, and I was kind of grumpy that day that I, that I was doing all those numbers. But you know, I don't like being grumpy, and I can't stand staying that way for long. I've found that when you're a mom in the home, you have, can be a strong source of stability for your family. But that's pretty hard to do if you're grumpy. When you are, it drives others away from you. It's also pretty hard to bolster others up and care about them when you're wrapped up in your own misery. And it's hard for your kids to trust you with their heart when they feel like departing from your presence. So through the years when I was tempted to have a complaining spirit, I would try to withdraw to my room to spend time with the Lord. And I'd ask him to help me get my attitude a right, be, to be right before I was around other people. I even told my children sometimes, hey, mom is struggling with her attitude. I'm going to go talk things over with God. Please don't disturb me unless someone's in danger, and I'll be out in a few minutes. And, you know, when that happens, you are actually teaching your kids by example what to do when they're struggling with their attitude. That's not a bad thing. You can't be perfect you're not perfect, and your kids are going to watch you as you struggle to have a godly attitude. So the first step in dealing with whiny, complaining kiddos is to make sure that you're not being a bad example. So many times the things that we're struggling with in our life filter down and we see them reflected back to us in our kids. And this verse was one of the life verse for one of my kids. He always was one of those kids who saw the glass half empty rather than half full, and he was just tempted to complain. It was just kind of in him to do that. So I explained to him that when he would gripe, It not only discouraged him, it discouraged me, it discouraged the entire family around him, our friends. And it's so true. If you let your kids continue on in that pattern, it's going to set a complaining tone in your home. And you know, it's a pretty serious sin. We think, uh, grumpiness, you know, what's that? It's, you know, it's something to let it slip by. But remember the Israelites in the wilderness, they complained and complained and complained. God was guiding them By day and by night, and the Bible records them complaining 14 times. They complained about food multiple times. God was providing them with manna, which took care of all their needs. And they didn't even have to fix it. It was just laying there for them, but they complained about that. They complained about water. They complained about being thirsty. They complained about water being bitter. They complained about Moses' authority over them. They complained about the job God had specifically given them to do, which was entering the promised land. You know, they saw the giants and they said, it's too hard, we can't do this. Seemingly impossible situations they complained about, like the Red Sea. When God then opened up the Red Sea and let them go through on dry land, it was pretty incredible. So how did God respond to their complaints? You know, all of those complainers, that whole generation, never got to enter the promised land. That is pretty serious. Even Moses, because he got angry at them and smote the rock, he was not allowed to go into the promised land. The only ones of that generation were Joshua and Caleb that got to enter the promised land because they encouraged the people. Now, their sons and daughters entered the promised land, but not the complainers and the gripers. Numbers 11.1 1 says, And the people, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. You know, do we want to anger God with our lives? I don't think so. It's a serious thing. Exodus 16.8. You know, why is it so essential for us to correct our kids? Because when we are murmuring, we're not really complaining about the situation. We're complaining about the Lord. The Lord could have prevented that situation. God does not allow anything to pass through his hands to enter into our life that does not make us better, that is not for our good. So when we fix our eyes on the situation instead of the Lord, and we're complaining and we're griping, we're complaining against the Lord. And that's a serious thing. Philippians 2.14, do all things, how many things? All things, without murmuring and complaining. Why? Verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Our testimony is at stake. God has left us here on earth once we're saved to influence others for the gospel. Gospel and to point them to Him. Now, do you feel like like listening to what a person who's griping and complaining has to say? Are you going? Are unsaved people going to be quick to listen to what a complainer and a griper is saying? It's going to turn them off to the Gospel. First Thessalonians five eight says, "In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." When should we give thanks? In everything, everything. And that's hard to do, but we need to learn to do this ourselves. We need to learn to teach our kids. And why? Why do we do this? It's God's will for us. We know that because the scripture tells us that, that we are to give thanks in everything. You know, the opposite of complaining is cheerfulness. And our job as parents is to guide our children to put off complaining and to put on cheerfulness you know it's something that they can learn to do with god's help it doesn't come naturally and it doesn't happen overnight but that's the goal and we need to direct them to do that colossians 3 9 says do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. This is our goal, and this is what our goal should be for our kids' lives. We are to show them, reveal to them what's in their hearts, reveal to them the old nature, the sin nature, and help them to put it off and to put on the new nature. You know, We have put together um, some resources to help our kids with that and to help other people's kids with that. Growing in wisdom deals with 45 negative character qualities. Complaining is one of them, and the opposite to each one. Every negative character quality that your kids are showing that they need to put off, there's a positive that they need to put on. And your job is to guide them as parents to do that. For instance, anger, self-control, tattling, love, unkindness, kindness, laziness, diligence, jealousy, contentment, mocking, respectfulness, disobedience, obedience. There's, there's actually 32 of them in this book. And what we do is I looked up verses initially for my own kids so that they could see what the scripture had to say about these negative character qualities. For instance, let me read a couple to you from complaining. First of all, synonyms from scripture for complaining, griping, murmuring, finding fault with one's lot, to be discontented, to grumble, or to sigh habitually. Those are all the meaning. I looked up the meaning for the word complaining. And the other words like griping is in the Living Bible. So I looked up scriptures, Proverbs 17, 22. What does good like a medicine? The kids look up the scripture, they write the answer. What drieth the bones also from that verse? Proverbs 15:15. 15, 15. How does this verse indicate one's how that one's attitude determines his outlook on life? You know, attitude is so important. It happens in the attitude. it happens in your heart. It happens in your thoughts and then it works out into your actions. So if you are telling yourself the right thoughts, you're going to end up doing the right thing. If you're listening to lies. You're telling yourself lies. You're just believing what your heart tells you. You're going to end up doing the wrong thing. Proverbs 15.4, how does a cheerful spirit affect others? Psalm 77.3, how does complaining affect your spirit? See, the kids are getting wisdom from this. Numbers 11.1, what did God think of the people's complaining, the Israelites? Job 7.11, what does complaining spring forth from? Exodus 16, two and three, who did the people complain against and why? Then I give the kids a bunch of scriptures and each of these scriptures, when, what did the children of Israel murmur against? Murmuring is another word in scripture for complaining. Then there's some verses from the New Testament, Matthew 20.11, what did the workers murmur against? John 6, 41 through 43, what were the people murmuring at? What did Jesus tell them? In John 6, why did the disciples murmur? 1 Corinthians 10, what insight do we get from the past about those that murmur? You know, we are told that they were written in scripture as examples for us that we would learn from the mistakes that they made. And we are to use scripture like that in our kids' lives. We're to use the examples of people that obeyed, people that disobeyed, to illustrate these truths and to help our kids apply the truths to their life. Proverbs 2.15, what does this verse tell us? That is a great verse to memorize and meditate on. And then there's some others too. I won't read them all to you. And then there's like verses about cheerfulness, the opposite. So see what God's word says about murmuring, griping, complaining? What does God's word say about cheerfulness? What are we commanded to do in these verses? And then we draw a conclusion. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, whereas a complaining spirit dryeth the bones. You know, complaining can actually affect you physically. The scripture tells us that. Philippians 2, 4 is our verse, do all things without murmurings and disputings. All things. You know, if you look back in your life, you can see times that you may have complained about the situation, and then later you see how God worked that out for your good. We only have, you know, we we only see a very limited view what's right in front of us. God has the big picture, and God allows things to come into our life that we don't like, to conform us to the image of his son but it's for our good and if you look back in the past and you see ways that God worked that out in your life you can share those experiences with your kids and help them realize that you might not understand this right now but you need to obey God and he will in his time show you how this works for good in your life Also, with this resource, we have flashcards. And I would give my kids a flashcard. This one's about complaining versus cheerfulness. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And we would go through these flashcards every day. We also have um, CDs where my husband Rick will read the verses that the kids are looking up in the book, and he will explain it. He will help them to meditate on that verse, help them learn how to put off the negative and put on the positive. Just for instance, like in the first one, I think, is anger. And if you cultivate anger, you're gonna end up like the angry man. And when you look up the verses, you find out what the angry man's like. Nobody wants to be like the angry man. It's so natural to get angry when something happens that you don't like or somebody says something mean to you. But if you cultivate it in your life, you're gonna end up like the angry man. If you choose to put on the right thing, if you choose self-control, you are going to end up getting the blessings that come from self-control, and God's going to work that out in your life. So just a few little practical tips. When my kids would whine, I would never give them what they were whining for. At least this was what I um, aimed to do. am not saying that I, I never broke down and did it. But that was my aim, to never give your kids what they whine for. If you're whining, the answer's always going to be no. If you ask correctly, sometimes the answer will be yes. Sometimes it will be no. But if you ask amiss by whining, the is always going to be no. That's just a good rule to put into practice. So when they're whining, have them verbally correct the tone. They might not even realize that they're whining or complaining or being grumpy. So have them correct the tone in which they're asking for something. How should you say that to mom? What is the tone in your voice communicating? And how can you trust God instead of complaining about this? If you put off complaining, how can you take on cheerfulness? And the verse cards will help them in that. You know, sometimes you've got to walk kids through doing the right thing. It surely doesn't come naturally. And sometimes kids don't realize that they can do the right thing. So help them think rightly by learning God's truth and applying it to their struggles. You know, when we think wrongly, it's God's truth found in his word that has the power to change our sinful thoughts. It's nothing, it's no tricks that we can do. It's no um, willpower that we have on our own. It's God's word that changes sinful behavior. And we need to teach ourselves and our kids to speak truth to ourselves. Our sinful thought patterns, patterns need to be cleansed by the life-giving water of God's word. And that's where parents come in. We need to walk them through choosing wisely. And it doesn't happen overnight, so don't lose heart. But God's word does not return void. Sometimes it takes months or years for the kids to actually internalize it and meditate on the truth, especially kids that have a tendency toward whining. But it eventually will change the way they think. When you change the way they think by giving them God's truth to think on, it will eventually change the way they act and how they make daily decisions in life. So, so don't lose heart. Sometimes I felt like my training was in one ear and out the other, but it eventually does sink in. And you know we need to be reminded of it. Even if we get victory one day, we might stumble the next day. So that's when we need to feed ourselves again with the truth from God's word. But the only permanent way to see change is by learning to submit to the truth in God's word. And time that we spend training our kids in God's word is never wasted. And it pays off in our lives too. You know, I felt like I learned with my kids as I was training them. And as I say, it's powerful learning for kids to observe their parents learning to apply God's word in their lives too. Instead of teaching our kids that we're the parents and we're always right and we've got it all together, they need to see us stumble and they need to see us learning God's word and trying to apply God's word to our life and putting off the old and putting on the new. It's powerful learning. You know, that's what it's all about. It's walking through life together and helping each other with our struggles. I hope all this has helped. Third John one four says I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in truth and I can attest to that you know as my kids are grown up and I see them applying God's word to their life and ministering to others and serving others and and learning to respond to life's battles with the word you know being drawn back to the word the word needs to be our default. When things are going bad and we can't see a reason why and we're struggling and things seem bad, the word needs to be our default. And when you see that happening in your adult children's lives, it makes all those days feeling like it wasn't getting through worth it. You know, you, you're you in the trench now. You know, you're having to teach your kids these things again and again and again and again. But You know, as you do that, it's a reminder to you to do that yourself. So it all works together. And one of the biggest blessings you're ever going to have is seeing your adult children walk in truth as they run to God's word for their shield and defense, and they learn to apply it in their daily lives and to make their daily decisions based on God's word. So thanks so much for joining us today. As always, I love hearing from you. Please subscribe so that you'll find out um, when new podcasts are posted. And um, just let me say here, Uncle Rick has started a new podcast too, and you can find it on UncleRickAudios.com. He posted his first one last week, and he's going to be telling history stories for kids that your kids can just access, whether you're a club member or not. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.